Hey guys, Zach and Nate here from Eternal Dirtles. We've really enjoyed making this podcast for you over the past few months and wanted to let you know that we're on Patreon. Yeah, so we're offering uh, some rewards for uh, for being one of our patrons. And uh, basically what we're doing is putting that money all back into the podcast just to make it a little bit better for you. Some of the things we're doing are you know, taking some, uh, some uh, continuing education classes about broadcasting and also uh, upgrading our equipment and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, you can search for us by just searching Eternal Dirtles on Patreon or going to patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles. And uh, every little bit just helps us produce more content for you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia. Hey Zach, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm doing all right. I finally got my cars registered in Utah today, so I'm officially moved <laughs> after seven, after six or seven months. So. Nice. So, uh, did you get to play any Magic since our last cast? I think we missed a week. So yeah, I did. I, uh, I last Friday I went out to the Geekery in uh, in Queens and I played a little bit of Vintage. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, I played. Uh, I, I went with the Steel City Vault deck, uh, and uh, I, I went three and one. It was a pretty pretty fun night overall. Uh, you know, just played played some dredge, played uh, a car shops deck, and then played another uh, car shops deck. And I think I played. Uh, I'm not really sure what the last deck was because I I was able to win really quickly against it twice. Uh, I had like two turn one wins. Um, so I wonder if that deck had blue cards in it, or if you just uh, no no he, did, we'll never he know. did not. Uh, I think it was oh. an Eldrazi deck actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you you went to play Vintage and played against three colorless decks and one Dredge deck. Yeah. Looks like that's uh, that's where things are going in Vintage. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it so much. I I think that uh, you know, I, I'm not always all about like watching my opponent play a uh, mentor and then gush gush as much as they possibly can. Anyhow, um, and that's why I I was trying to play that deck, and it's it's slightly more skill intensive than what I'm looking for in a format that I only play like once every month. Yeah. So uh, I, I I just went back to Steel City Vault, a deck I know relatively well, and uh, I, you know three one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna scoff at that. I got my fifteen bucks in credit, and you know moving on. That's pretty cool. We we're gonna we're gonna start running some uh, uh, play test vintage at the at a new store that is now sort of more supportive to the eternal community out here. Awesome. In Utah, so I'm looking forward to that the deck. I'm looking at is um is a mentor deck, but it's Steve Evanendian and Kevin Cron from the uh, Sumerian Scene Plays podcast and like vintage lore, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But they have this Paradoxical Outcome Mentor deck. Yeah, Paradoxical Outcome <laughs> is a real card, man. Uh, everybody was playing that uh, this this uh, weekend, and uh, I you know I I need to slot one into my deck because it's super good in in a deck that just wants to draw more cards. Yeah, their deck is basically artifacts, that card, thoughtcast, and mentor. <laughs> that's like the whole deck. Yeah, cards. I think they have like, yeah, cards so good. Yeah, I guess like I was listening to their podcast. And they were talking about like getting a couple turn one wins just because 
which is funny, but you it's somehow with if you have a bunch of artifact mana and a time walk and a couple of paradoxical outcomes, you just you know and you end up making a mentor with a bunch of tokens on turn one, then taking another turn and then just spamming your hand out and winning on turn two. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I played uh, Legacy this week. I played at the new store uh, Paragon Games in in uh, Draper, Utah. I played the Black Red Reanimator deck. Yeah, how was um, that? So I've actually I've played it a couple times now, um, and it's funny because like I have two decks built. I have that built, and I have Miracles built, and they're like complete polar opposites in terms of what to expect. You know, from the game, like one's gonna be like you're gonna be going to time every round. Yeah. The other one is sort of like the, the rounds over in like five minutes. Um, and I just didn't feel like playing a ton of long games, so I played that, and I I lost the mirror. That was my only loss, and then I beat Rug, Delver, and Elves. So, um, with Rug, it was it was just funny. Like he, we we played two really quick games where he just got you know crushed, and then we played a bunch of practice games, and he just had he had turn one Graph Digger's Cage in in three out of four practice games. Oh, wow! <laughs> so I was like, oh man, it would have been nice at like the second game of our round, but and then uh, against Elves, I just got out Niona on green on turn one. <laughs> so that uh that did that but the deck is really so the change that i've played both versions one that has unmask in it and a full set of sires of insanity okay. and then this week i played the other build that has simian spirit guide and chancellor of the annex and yeah, yeah yeah and i just chancellor is so good like it's just so brutal yeah, the card seems so uh so sloppily good and in, in a format where everybody else is playing like is trying to rely on a turn one force of will for your combo yeah i'm not quite sure what has put this build over the top i mean it has it's not really a ton of new cards i think collective brutality was a big help and perhaps to a smaller extent having insolent neonate just got people looking at it um but uh yeah, I mean, I'm sort of surprised that this deck hasn't been around before because it's just got it's got a, such a it's got a high turn one percentage. Chancellor is really good protection for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's it's one of those turn it's a turn one deck, but it's not quite a glass cannon. So like, if you try and turn one something and then they just have force of will, you probably still have four cards in your hand, which is pretty good. You know, yeah, it's not it's... like Belcher where you've just used every resource in your deck that they had force of will, so you died. Yeah. So uh, it's a deck to it's a deck to watch out for. I've been playing a lot of fairy. I've been playing fairy macabre in the sideboard of it, just because so many people are picking it up here. It's also pretty inexpensive. Um, and fairy macabre is funny because you can beat them through a chancellor on turn zero and then reanimate it. <laughs> wow! Yeah, there you go. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing. I, I still I don't think I could actually go through with playing that at Grand Prix Louisville. So I've got December to figure out a deck. Yeah, Louisville's in what? Uh, January, right? January sixth. Yeah, it's coming up. I know. Tell but you I, though, I, it must be nice to not have to. You know, what is it? Badlands are what like forty, fifty dollars, eighty dollars. Yeah, until, <laughs> until people figure out this deck is really good, probably yeah. right. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It is a. It'll be. I, I expect to see that deck a lot. You know, just because it's easy to sort of grab and it's been doing well. Got it was it was big at the Baltimore Open. There were a couple of them on camera. I don't think any made the top sixteen, but there's a couple here in the 
seventeen to twenty four range. Yeah, seventy five bucks for Badlands, not bad. Yeah, plus that's what 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 price is that? That's a uh, that's uh TCG. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, maybe it has already gone up already a little bit then. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the, this deck's gotten some uh gotten some press at this point, but still, I mean, yeah. like. You know, compared to your average three hundred dollars for a dual land for a deck that uh would be, you know, competitive, it's 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 not the worst. It'd be cool. To, I, I would like you to try it as a person who's you played the blue version before. Um, it's uh, and I'd like to know what you think because I played the blue version and it's it's weird because sometimes you just like look at your opening hand, and you're like, oh man, I really wish I had a ponder <laughs> or something yeah. like, but um. But then, you know, the way the deck, you have to do it so soon, no matter what build you have, that, um, you know, I've I've been sitting there with the blue deck with like a handful of exhumes and nothing to do with them before as well. So, you know, usually if you're staring down at your hand and it's full of reanimation spells, you can't lose. It doesn't really matter what your splash color is. True, yeah. Um, So, um, but... You know, Faithless Looting is really, it's a really solid Faithless Looting deck, especially with Spirit Guide, just makes that really, really good. Um, so it's, and Faithless Looting is maybe marginally better than Careful Study, and that's sometimes you flash it back, though. If you are tapping three lands with this deck, you're, you're not behind, in great shape. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you're definitely behind. You're tapping three out of your 13 lands. So um, we haven't talked since the Star City Open in Baltimore, so. Uh, you want to want to go there? Yeah, let's look at, let's look at that. Uh, looks like uh, Shardos Sultai took took it down, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's interesting. I mean, it, it's funny he beat Joe Lissette, and uh, it's funny because I always feel like Shardos Bug against Miracles isn't as well positioned as it used to be because of Mentor. But I don't think Joe even plays Mentor. No, he. Oh, sorry. Uh, he's on the two uh, entreat uh, build of the deck. Two and treats all the legends. Yeah, playing the legends. So I didn't get to watch that match. I did watch some of them. Um, got a couple land stacks and a loam deck in the top eight, just showing that if you're, <laughs> you have to respect life in the loam. Yeah, I mean in this that, format that card's like, pretty good still. I mean, I mean, what's this guy? This is, you know, it's it's a it's a basically like what black red or sorry green black red lands deck you know like it's it's just not like straight up lands you know this is this is uh you know like a maverick lands deck punishing punishing maverick as i would call it yeah these these sort of sometimes they get called loans on just aggro loan punishing abzan because star city just likes to needle people <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i've played i played versions of this deck it, it can be good um it's a you know it's fun to have Mox Diamond and Chalice of the Void. So, um, there was a Grixis Delve in the top eight, which I think is—it's uh, amazing that this deck keeps hanging on. I just—I look at this, the rest of this top eight, where it's like Bant Deathblade, two lands decks, Loam, two Miracles, and Shardless Bug, and I'm like, how did Grixis Delver get in here against yeah, that? I mean, I, I wonder what he, Grixis Delver played in the in the top eight. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, lands, lands, miracles, or miracles or either one, yeah, right? Like it's yeah. none of those are good matchups for, for this deck. Uh, this player Thomas Smiley uh, has played this Bant deck, this Bant Deathblade deck, 
a lot recently and has been doing well. He's got two stifles in there. I'm uh, thinking about trying it. Yeah. He's got a Leovold in here too. Um, that would, nice, that would be I, the card I would name if, if you were to ask me what magic card am I? What, Leovold? Leovold. I'd be like, you're Leovold. For sure. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else got to do that today. That was the big. That was the big thing on the internet. Is that's tell right. me what magic yeah. card I am? Um, yeah, I think we settled on you being stasis. Stasis is the correct <laughs> answer. Yes, stasis is definitely the correct answer. I have a stasis deck built and ready to go for ninety five. <laughs> right. Um. When uh, so it was the top eight of this. I think was. You know, pretty much what you'd expect from the area. A couple of miracles, a couple of lands. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you never see any combo decks anymore. Where's the first combo deck here? Uh, we've got Elves in 12th and the Depths deck that have won, a, um, that won Champs in 15th, another Elves deck. But even those Elves decks are kind of creature-y. Uh, there's a Storm deck in 21st. So... No show and tell. <laughs> no death and taxes in the top 32 either, by the way. Well, uh, not even... What about the, uh, like, reanimator? No reanimator or anything like that? Yeah, the reanimator and and storm uh, pop up in 17 to 24. Okay. Um, and it's both the black... They're both black-red. Uh, Grixis Painter with from Daniel Sacco, who we know. Yeah, I know Dan. person we've met, yeah. Daniel Sacco. <laughs> the person we've met. On the painter. I played against Daniel... <laughs> yeah, I, play, I always played against him. He either played Enchantress or Rug, that I remember. Yeah. So this deck is cool. Um, but I'll yeah, say that about no a, sh- about a uh, what's it called a Eternal Masters reprints is that uh, it allowed a lot of people to just pick up different decks. Yeah, it did help a lot. I mean, being able to get, but it's funny. Like a lot of those cards aren't in, aren't in here, except for maybe I guess Elves. There's a lot of Elves decks yeah. here. And then there were there were a bunch of elves decks in the in the most recent classic. Well, it just made um, people have to try and do new things, right? Like if if everything in your if everyone in your meta switches decks, you kind of feel like hey, I should probably try something different too. Especially yeah. if uh, you know if you're like me and you like playing rug, but all of a sudden everybody in your meta is playing Eldrazi. It's you gotta you gotta try some new tricks. So uh, I think it's good and bad. Uh, for sure, the reprints and, and new cards coming into the format uh, where it changes the metagame around in your local store a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, it's fun to play Magic uh, the way you like to play it, but you might need to occasionally tweak it uh, for those larger tournaments and stuff like that. Or just to, you know, win some games in your local meta. I know that sometimes I pick up Reanimator and uh, and I do really well with it, but I probably wouldn't take it to a bigger tournament. Yeah, it's funny because I've been playing Miracles for a couple weeks just to sort of get the hang of it, you know. I mean, it, it is the best deck, right? Yeah. I just don't think I, I don't, I don't think I could see myself playing it for fifteen rounds. That's what I'm saying. I like, mean, I, I that's feel... assuming I make day two. Yeah. I know, but like, even if I don't make day two, I might play in the rebound or whatever it is. You I know, feel like if I were to go to Louisville, I would take Rug Delver with me, and I would try not to take any other decks. So that I was just forced into playing Rug Delver, and I would probably play with Hooting Mandrills, um, like two and two on the Mongoose Mandrill situation. Yeah, I, the player I played against uh, the other night had Winter Orb in his main deck. He still had oh, four Mongoose. I though. will be main decking uh, Winter Orb for sure. 
Yeah, I think you have to right now with the amount of lands and miracles players are, that are out there. You just have to do it. Yeah, he was playing against Eldrazi. I saw him uh, get the Winter Orb down and uh, was able to uh, sneak a game out against Eldrazi because of it. Um, you know, you like they you Winter Orb them, and then like in their upkeep, you could waste a land they they untap. I saw him do that. That was pretty heads up play. Yeah, that's. I mean, Jesus. Just whatever you can do to get there, I guess you know that's yeah. that's a hard that's a hard matchup to win. Yeah, well, you know, it was it was pretty good and um and helping them do that. So, um, so uh, let's see, anything else? There are, I guess, we did talk about it mentioned the drum masters, but I guess they're sending out another print run of it, right? Yeah. It's so it looks like what happened was Wizards did this whole. You know, good guy. I'm, I'm, I'm. We're cool with the players, and we're gonna do a reprint. But it turns out, uh, most sources are saying that they didn't do a reprint. They just held on to their second run. Uh, they made like, a, you know, whenever they do a print run, they'll do a whole print run, and then they generally will do like, okay, here's the first release, and then the second release. Well, there was never a second release this time around. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't know that because I don't buy bulk right but like if you're a store you're like yeah we're waiting for that second release to happen so that we could buy some more stuff and it never happened and so stores were just like oh whatever i guess they just printed less this time but really what they did was wizards just held that second run until now and released it to everybody yeah i I mean i think that'll be it's cool i mean you can get a natural order for like 12 bucks a TCG player low now, which is good. I mean, that card was over thirty bucks. <coughs> played in elves, which is, which does pretty well, right? Yeah. How much is show and tell? Show and tell TCG low is fifteen bucks. Um, how much is a mana crypt? Jeez. Seventy in the mini. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I wonder what the. I would love to know the percentage more mana crypts there are now after Eternal Masters. Yeah, right. There's got to be. Uh, I would. I would say almost. How many were there before? <laughs> doubled. It had to have doubled, right? Like there were just weren't a ton out there initially. Yeah. Um But so the, you know the the uh, community saw this as an as an overwhelmingly good thing initially. Like, hey, great reprints! This is amazing. We'll be able to get some more cards out there. Maybe I'll you know buy a box for Christmas or something like that, and now it's kind of turned on them a little bit because they try to do this thing where they were like you know looking for good press, and uh, now it's been seen that they have had these cards all along, and they just were holding them to do this now. I mean. I see people playing Eternal Masters cards, especially here where there's were not a lot of legacy cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really care one way or the other. Truthfully, I think, I think it's funny that like uh, they held it this for this long, um, or that you know, like it wasn't like there was anyone was having a hard time getting a hold of it, you know. Yeah, it wasn't like Modern Masters one where where like everyone was like, well, f- I'll never get to draft it. I got to do it now, you know. Like everybody drafted Eternal Masters one time and was like. This format's meh, cool, I'm glad there are reprints, right? That's how I felt about both Modern Masters 2 and Eternal Masters 1. It's like, cool, thanks for the reprints, guys, but after that, I don't much care. I just think that, you know, we've talked so much recently about the state of the format just because of what's happening with Star City, 
Um, and you know, it, it, it's funny because I, I see what I knew as soon as I like went on record and said how how much better the Star City Legacy Opens were and how the trend was doing so well for the Star the Legacy Classics. Yeah, that there would be a dud after that announcement, and it wasn't really a dud. I think Baltimore was over five fifty, so a decent amount of people, and um, which but it was you know about the size of an average standard open, and then the Classic in Columbus, which was after a modern. Um, after a modern uh, open was the first time that the legacy didn't outdraw, didn't outdraw standard in that situation for, I think like six months. Well, you know, it's not just legacy right now. I, th- I feel like it's uh, also just magic on a whole is, is down lately. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of legacy events right before this open. Yeah. Right. So you've got that, you know, people are maybe a little legacy out. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like, there's definitely a, an amount of fatigue slash like I can only afford to fly to so many places to play legacy, you know, like, yeah, you can't, you can't do all of those things for sure. Right. And if you compare say eternal weekend or eternal extravaganza to a star city event, you're, you know, what's the highest EV for you as far as, uh, going out to do one of those things. Yeah. The, the bigger events are going to be E or uh turn weekend. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit, there's like a suppression factor when you like just announce you're walking away essentially from the format. Heck yeah. Regular. And no, then, people you know, are very much events. less likely to, to want to support them a- after doing that. There are some very angry people uh, out there yeah. that, that are just like, well, you know, if you guys are going to walk away from the format, we're walking away from you. Um, and you know, I don't necessarily agree with that thinking per se because they're, I mean, they're performing a service, you know? So I, I do, I like that they're doing less legacy. Of course not, but you know, the, they're a business, so they got to decide what they're going to do. I don't, yeah. you know, like I can't comment on their, uh, their particular uh, business strategy. I don't think it matters if I did. So, you know, if they're going to play, if you're going to have legacy near me, I'll show up and play in it. Yeah, I mean, my feeling is just that, you know, if you're you, – I know you can't do it everywhere, but please don't act like our attendance matters. We know that it's the card sales that matter. And, you know, it's funny with the Eternal – when the, after that happened and then um, the Eternal Masters rerun was announced, I was thinking like, you know, all these these increased attendance at Classics came after Eternal Masters came out. So, I mean, it tells you that people were – buying the cards or picking up the cards, the reprints, and then entering these events, you know, with their modern collection, supplementing it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we could have seen that again, but now we won't know. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Grand Prix Louisville will be a, a regular size Grand Prix. I don't think anything's ever going to be like Grand Prix New Jersey was for a legacy. No. Um, yeah. But that was a, that was a very, um, unique situation with, Treasure Cruise. Treasure just Cruise like. just making everyone's <laughs> modern deck a, a legacy deck. Yeah, right. They're I mean, like, oh, I don't even really need these volcanic islands. Like, as long as my opponent's not definitely playing the same deck or wins the coin flip, I don't think it matters if I take two damage. That or, you know, you can <laughs> only need one or two volcanic islands exactly. in a two-color deck. So. Yeah. Um, and and I mean they like hyped Grand Prix New Jersey. I mean I think we we all remember just how hyped it was and how Ooh. much they were doing. And they got four thousand people, which is a lot. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> people a, coming in from out of pretty good sized Grand so. Prix. Um, so I expect Grand Prix Louisville to be you know fifteen hundred to two thousand, hopefully. Um, 
and uh, we'll get a good we'll get some good a good look at it. Okay, we'll get a look at the format right after the new year. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens uh, in that Grand Prix, and then like, will these formats continue to stagnate? You know, like they haven't made any changes to modern standards. You know, whatever, and and legacies kind of sitting around the weird sense area where like yeah we're seeing different decks in the top eight but they're the same different decks yeah like there's one week where you know death and taxes will be the deck that everyone looks at and then you have this like rotating rotation with death and taxes miracles lands and eldrazi where it seems like one of them's taking over the other one just pops up yeah i mean and that's listen that's not the worst i'm not i'm not terribly upset about that like if we have a rock paper scissors kind of uh, format for legacy. That's that's fine, you know. I just I sure would like to be able to play Rug Delver again, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's it's you know Delver and Stoneforge Mystic, like you know they were sort of homogenizing in that they were both really good, but at least you had like the occasional change up in those decks or a couple of them going at a time. And now like there, it's like only Grixis Delver, and then this Bant deck does pretty well but i don't know <laughs> that yeah. i would always trust it to do so well um having played it you know before and, and enjoying it but it just feels so bad sometimes when you uh get terminist and you've got like a bunch of noble hierarchs and death rights and stuff yeah just trying to make it work yeah <laughs> or you get a stoneboard mystic and they play a thought not seer so um but uh you know i, I think this, i think the format's doing good i thought i think that if you take, if you look at all the legacy in sort of context, you know, from October and into November, that people showed up, people played well, people were reacting, or people were excited to see the format, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll that'll resonate with someone over there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. You know, there's a whole there's a whole new year coming up, so I'm excited to see what uh, what Wizards has under their belt for uh, reprints in in the next couple of things. Obviously, there wasn't anything really important coming out of uh, the Commander sets. So, you know, there's there's bound to be some more new stuff coming soon. Yeah, there won't be anything till after the Grand Prix, I guess, unless there's a set release I don't know about. Uh, no, I think what uh, Aether Revolt is, is well after uh, that, so we won't have anything that's like Paradoxical Outcome or anything like that. But like, it's funny though. Like, if you watched Vintage Champs, like you just saw so many Kaladesh cards <laughs> between Paradoxical Outcome and and the vehicles. You know, that yep. was a great set for Vintage. <laughs> yep, that's for um, sure. It's just that you know, all of those are bulk rares, so it doesn't really do anything for the selling of the of the uh, singles. You know, like if if you can get uh, every fleet wheel cruiser and uh, paradoxical outcome you need for under eight bucks, it doesn't really do anything for the, the um, local stores. Yeah. Leovold, you know, we did a show on Leovold and uh, we talked about it. Obviously it, it spiked because I think people expect it to be good, but um, it just don't, I think like in vintage, just the vehicles pushing shops even more and Eldrazi pushing colorless so much. Um, and in and in uh in even in legacy we're seeing like lands and uh and death and taxes and Eldrazi appear. Like it's great that Leovold's good against miracles, but you know it just there's like a real cut down on, on the amount of blue sort of interactive decks 
that are that are floating around in both formats. Yeah. So maybe we'll see like if there's a swing towards back towards that that we'll see uh, something like Leopold break out from conspiracy. But until now, I think he's being overshadowed by the power of Sanctum Prelate and uh, and Recruiter of the Guard, which are just appearing in Death and Taxes and other and other decks as well. Yeah, I like I like that either one of those cards kind of lends itself to the other two. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we get. I mean, like I said, it's a new. It'll be. It'll all be revealed within the new year. Yeah. So until next week. Yeah, man. I'll I'll catch you then. Where does he get those wonderful toys?